You are listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, Episode 3, Wildstar, Issue 1 and 2. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in its terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast Retro, the show that always has blood in its nostrils. Huh. I'm Raven Perez. I'm Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And this is the show where we take a look at past issues, not just of Savage Dragon, but of Savage Dragon relevant uh, reading, which is going to be a big chunk. That's pretty much what we're here for today. We're going to take a look back at Wildstar Sky Zero. Issue and, one and uh, two. Issue one and two. So, hey, let's not dilly dally, shilly shally. Let's get right into it. So, Me- you either, uh, Craig, you've read this before, like a while back. When when it came out, and probably and more time since, but it's been over probably fifteen years or more. And, Raven, you you, read it. you have not read it at all. So uh, negative. I read the actually up to issue three somehow. Don't think I ever finished it because I finished it for the first time for the FinCast Retro, and my mind was like, but the whole time I was reading, I felt like Mickey himself. I was hearing echoes of the past, like, as I was reading, I was like, oh, I remember this, oh, because I think I've even, super astute FinCast listeners will remember that I've referenced him ripping the symbiote off of the face. Yes, Yes. you're you're very, uh, uh, that was a... How do I phrase this? You mention it a lot. Well, that's because for me, that is like honest to goodness the thing about Wildstar that stuck out the most. Of course, yep. I'm into the ultra violence, right? So that obviously I'd read some. It felt like I had that deja vu feeling all the way up to issue three. But as I read issue four, I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I must never finished. I must have got one through three and then just didn't finish. But, yeah, I'm, I'm up to snuff now, baby. Let's roll. So nice. this uh, issue number one uh, was published uh, in March 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, creators are co-creator and writer Inker Al Gordon, co-creator penciler Jerry Ordway, colorist, colorist uh, Reben Rude, letterer John Workman, uh, editor Bill Bud Shakespeare, and color separator Olymp Tech. Olymp- I want to say... I want to say that Ollie Optics. Uh, yeah, Ollie Optics, which was uh, big on all of the early image books. Right. right. Uh, and this this is an issue that was published by Malibu Comics in the early, early days of image when they were still associated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, just, just just for a little bit of reference, uh, Savage Dragon Mini number three came out in December ninety two, which we reviewed. And these retro casts are we're doing them in chronological order as, almost. Yep, in chronological as best we can. Uh, we just do the whole mini series uh at once because that makes the most sense right and so savage dragon and versus megaton man was march 93 which was the same month as the wild star number one and then savage dragon the regular series came out a couple months later in june 93 so that's kind of where we are in point of time right now with wild star number one so al gordon and jerry ordway we should probably talk about them briefly they're Mm -hmm. kind of a big deal Uh, Al Gordon has been an inker forever, and Jerry Ordway was a big deal uh, in the Superman revival in the... Well, he goes even further than that. He was a big deal in the 80s and early 90s, especially at DC. Uh, He did a lot of All-Star Squadron and, um, and, like he said, Superman books. Um, I was going to say, Superman is even even a know-nothing-like-me. Ordway and Superman, I kind of have those two as synonymous in my mind. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of his Power of Shazam series that he wrote. And drew the covers of. Uh, so Ordway writes and draws. No, he didn't. He didn't draw the power of Shazam. He did the uh, the lead in uh, one shot, but he just did covers and the writing. 
Um, cool. I forget who actually drew it. Someone big, someone I really like too, uh, but uh, not related to this series. Um, so just just generally, Wildstar is he's a little his his, his power set's a little vague. He's strong. He's fast. He jumps. He quote unquote can fly. Um, he but can zap power, like, he, like he, laser style. Yeah, he totally does the Ultraman moves. Yeah, that's I love that Sentai wrist to wrist. It's great. That was probably the coolest thing to discover. Is I I, I wonder if. I don't know what Ordway or, or Gordon's uh, experience is with those with those old uh, live action superhero shows from Japan, but it seems really similar to not be a coincidence. I mean, to be a coincidence. But you know, you know, you can you could probably come to that independently. But it yeah, is cool. Right. Um, but yeah, he gets all his it's, powers it's... from that symbiote, uh, the star on his chest. Mm-hmm. It also puts like that coating on his skin that kind of gives him that bulletproof right extra skin yeah that's right i forgot about that it is. yeah his costume is not just a, a costume it's actually a membrane generated by the star right yep so that's kind of a neat twist too like if you just looked at him it's funny because he's been in savage dragon much and that's why we're talking about him is that he's he's in savage dragon a lot more than you'd think I think he's yeah. got, he had to. He has to have at least a dozen appearances by this point. I'd also say he's tied critically to uh, one of the greatest moments in not just Savage Dragon, but for me in comics. Period. Like in my comic reading life, was the Long Bomb. You know, the Malcolm yeah. Long Bomb. That's got to be one of the longest. <laughs> dude, the long, the Long Bomb. Like it's the. I I can't think of any longer payoff. Like year, 15, 14 years. Explain to the listeners what you're talking about. Correct. Thank you, Craig. For anybody that <laughs> doesn't know what I'm talking about when I say The Long Bomb, um, Savage Dragon is a comic that moves in real time. So uh, when we say uh, 14, 15 years, we mean that like Savage Dragon, the character, has a moment where he glimpses the future. Uh, I think just Wildstar does it. I don't think Dragon sees it. Wildstar sees it? All right. Only Wildstar sees it. He sees Dragon, but then he sees Malcolm. It, right. It's he like a future Malcolm. forward flash. Right, and Malcolm is in this weird, like, astronaut suit. And the world's all destroyed behind him. It's a mess. Right. Everything, the Earth is just, looks should, like total, like, it's just I been I really should have pulled this issue out for this. Right. But at any rate, so, in real time, 14, 15 years later... Finally, you got to the payoff for that moment. And for like a long time, it was just one of those things. It was just out there. You never knew if, you know, Eric was ever going to touch on it, if he was ever going to wrap it up, if he had anything solid in mind. You had no clue. And then one month, he's like, he doesn't solicit the cover. He's like, oh, the cover's a mystery. You know, you'll see it when you get it. I remember going to the shop and I see that cover and the cover is Malcolm's face in that space suit I had the exact same reaction do you want to understand how strong my reaction was <laughs> I was I was reading digital at the time uh-huh. I just happened to be in the comic shop that day I bought a uh-huh. print copy because of that cover because whole, how the shit could I walk out of that store without reading that book immediately dude I flipped out so hard that I was so excited I was so flipped out by that cover that I was like, oh, my God. And my comic guy, the dude that runs the shop, had never read Savage Dragon. He's like, okay, I'll give Savage Dragon a chance. Just because of my, I freaked out so hard. Craig, how were you feeling when you saw the long bomb? Uh, it was pretty amazing. So, I mean, you don't, I forget what issue it was when he had the vision. Was it like 29 or something to that effect? Um, And don't forget, Malcolm was like, a little toddler or something yeah. to that effect. And yeah. so Eric drew him as a teenager. And when you're reading that, that issue way back in, you know, probably the mid nineties, you're like, is that drag? No, it's not. It doesn't look like dragon. That's Malcolm. You know, that's Malcolm growing up. That's, that's, that's I think wild at, stars at, vision. At, yeah. At that point, I think Malcolm had been kidnapped and replaced with the, the dead body or something. Yeah. Or, I don't know if that but, had been, that, yeah, I think that must've been established at that point. The list are going bananas. <laughs> He's he's seeing a vision of a teenaged Malcolm because it's right. obviously not a dragon. Because and we and, and we learn in this series, reading this series, that there's a lot of time travel shenanigans going on with this character. He's lived a lot of lives. He's seen a lot of futures, and I think that. And, and you know what? Without reading this series, I never really understood what his whole deal was. Now it makes right. a little more sense. 
Yeah, I would actually I agree. If any of the listeners have never read Wildstar, uh, it really does bring a lot of context to Savage Dragon. Just knowing more about Wildstar, it yeah, makes the long absolutely. bomb a little sweeter for sure. And for for the listeners, the the kind of the payoff issue of the cover we're talking about is, is Savage Dragon one sixty six, and the cover mimics almost the the panel that you see and i wish i i should have did my homework and, and figured out what issue that was i want to say it's either Here, it actually shouldn't be that hard for me to 29 or 41 or something to that effect you know what it's an excellent time to plug the savage wiki you know you get a savage com, and you can navigate to the savage wiki which is maintained by gavin it's an excellent resource for new listeners it's a great resource for old it heads like was us. savage dragon 29 29 so that that came out in 96 and i and i think uh you know the follow-up in 166 was 2010 so that's <laughs> how long before the payoff came so he sees the future vision and then it comes true you know 15 years later Holy which shit. was is absolutely amazing you know um so this character you know wildstar was you know not created by eric but you know, like we said, he holds such a, a important place in Savage Dragon lore that we yeah. have to review this miniseries. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, and honestly, as a Dragon fan, uh, I appreciated, you know, just getting to know Wildstar better. You know, I appreciated uh, just this reading these old issues. You know, so, just so as a Dragon. You fan. know what's crazy? Just to, just because I'm reading description issue descriptions. Malcolm wasn't born yet in 29. He wasn't born until 33. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. So it was even crazier. Yeah. So, you know, it's weird. Is me and what? Me and Jim. Jim, you also came to the book and, like, read everything all out of order. Did, yes. So, sadly, that probably had less impact for us. Uh, it, it had some impact just because I definitely read 29 before I ever, before I got to 160, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um,. Because I I was oh, reading yeah, I was too. I was reading the traded paperbacks I mean at that point me but, too but I'm just saying imagine how fans that saw that were just like what the hell and then right. they probably even forgot like mm-hmm. all those years later and well, then boom long bomb well Malcolm came back in like 101 that was like the, his big return as a character was in issue 101 I think uh, mm-hmm. and the whole universe universe uh, universo thing. But regardless, the Wildstar, super awesome, super significant, linked, I would say, forever to one of comics' coolest moments for me. Yeah. The Long Bomb. Definitely one of the coolest things ever in terms of, like, a a real-time ongoing series. I mean, you don't see that. It just doesn't happen, period. With with shifting creative teams on long-running books, you don't have the... Even Spawn, which just hit issue 301... It has had shifting creative teams. Like you would have to have a Eric Larson style scenario where you have one constant. Like you have to have that constant writer. Like you know, the art chores could change out, I guess. But the only way you could do that kind of a thing is to have one writer for fifteen years, and most people don't do that. So, yeah, it's right. awesome. Super awesome. I, w- I wanted to make a couple of a quick points, if I could. Sure. Um, I Please. think, you know, in the 90s, uh, Eric Larson had a studio with Al Gordon and a couple other guys. Sure. So I think they've been close for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's probably a lot of that in with Eric using the character in Savage Dragon. You know, it's probably a lot due to the, their friendship. Um, we can ask Eric about that. But the other thing is, I think Wildstar was the first non-image partner comic to come out. Well, I'll believe that. It came out March 93. It's only been a year or less. I mean, they're still being published by Malibu at this point. So yeah. Right. So I think it was the very first one that was like a non-partner one, which was kind of a big deal, you know? And, you know, i got to admit, the, uh, the the two creators weren't really on my radar. I was more of a Marvel right. fan at the time. Right. So um, a lot of their this artwork kind of blew me away when I saw it. And I don't even think I appreciated it as much then as I do now when it's, I look at it. It's, it's very classic style. I love Jerry Ordway's, like, style. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't, I mean, I'm not going to say he doesn't change much over the years, but his style now is all very similar to this. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely. I, I think it's the best drawn of all the image early image comics. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, technically, like technically proficient. Uh, I mean, it is the most, I would say it's also one of the more, more traditional of the yeah, early yeah. image. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I do love this issue one, baby. How fantastic. You've just got like blood dripping down his face. Oh, you mean the cover? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the chrome the chrome wild star. Like Yeah, totally nineties, but super nineties, dude. Cost an I extra I, I, I double checked. It costs an extra buck fifty for this <laughs> embossed cover. You know, let's yeah, but, go ahead and just let's point great great that you pointed that out, Craig, because it's funny. You gotta think, gotta remember, like Red Blood, like the impact that this would have had on readers. Um, corporate comics were still under the code, so at the time, like a cover of a hero with red blood just dripping down his face, comic blood was black back then. Right, right. And like when when Wolverine killed dudes, black blood went everywhere, and so they didn't have red blood. So again, I remember, you know, it's funny. Like I've mentioned that face ripping off symbiote thing so many times because that like the ultra violence stood out to me. Yep. But again, this shit would have probably flipped readers' lids back then. I know it made a huge impact on me. Yeah. And that cover, just like all the red blood dripping out of his nostrils and down his face and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I love it. It's embossed and <laughs> like no, I, honestly though, when I think about issue number ones uh, of all the image kind of number ones, like. If you like when you say Wildstar number one, I have that image in my head. Yeah. I know exactly what it looks like. It, it's it's a great cover with the contrast. I mean, even the chrome thing, you know, it's a little over the top nineties, but it works really well. It's not overdone. Right. Uh, I love like the the image box is kinda like old school because you put the little character in the eye. <laughs> right. Kind of right. like the Marvel box, you know. Yeah. The Wildstar logo is great with the star and the A. Like it's just a really well done cover that at that age, if I saw that on the stands, the stark whiteness, like the silver logo, like I'm I'm my eyes are drawn right to it. I would have avoided it like the plague. <laughs> I would have bounced off it so hard. Not only would it have all that blood in the cover that my mom would be very cross about, it looks like a DC <laughs> comic. Ew, gross. <laughs> I, I love it. it. <laughs> the inking, the contrast—it's—it's—it's it's a, it's a beautiful cover. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's fantastic, memorable. Like you said, like stand out. Like yeah. if if you if you think of Wild Star, you think of blood in the nostrils. You really yeah, do. absolutely. It's, it's a great, great great design for the mm-hmm. the, the costume. I, I can see why Eric likes using the character. It's it's a really well designed character. I think he's got he's got a, simple. It's simple, but he's also got that asymmetry with the with the starfish. Yeah, which uh, it's got to be a pain in the ass to draw, but it's different. But the, you don't see the that. The cool thing often. about the starfish is it's alive. So if it's not exactly perfect every time, you can just explain it by the starfish is kind of moving. It's around. moving. Right. Yes. <laughs> And also, what's funny is it's really hard to execute iconic, but man, this is an iconic costume. Yeah, I think so. Wildstar has the iconic look for sure. Yeah. Well, we should talk a little bit about the story of these two issues, or at least the <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah, let's issue. get on into it. For so sure. you know, it opens up tomorrow, which is always a fun little uh, uh, five minutes in the future sort of sort of captioning, telling you that this is the future, but not too far in the future. And boy, things are fucked up. And Wildstar is looking for a time travel device of some kind, but he gets jumped by all these mercenaries who are all like him. They've all got they've all got symbiotes that give them uh, their their uh, special abilities. Which you know these designs on them they border between kind of like uh, generic and also awesome. Yeah, they like, are. They're all, none of them really stand out to me. They're all very nineties. But they're cool though, and yeah. As a as a pervert, I love the one with the swordfish over her crotch, or with the starfish. She's a, she's a main character. <laughs> I know, major supporting character, vagina starfish, vagina starfish, which is amazing. And all she talks about is like getting laid. Yeah, she's way into it. <laughs> she's super into it. I also, uh, jumpstart. Her name is Jumpstart because she uses electricity. I did want to laugh. It's it's funny. I will say, like, I found this to be a comic that held up really well, but there's some funny moments, like the way it's written. Yeah. Also, yeah. too, you wouldn't just call a villain trans. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which which works. It just it was funny to read in our modern times. And also we're talking about the code. And you can yeah. tell that they're not really comfortable yet with profanity. I love the oh spit. Every time they want to say oh shit, they just say, holy spit. You're oh, in a spit. spit load of trouble, mister. <laughs> and I was like, what? But so, like, there's they're not, totally I, into hitting women, though. There's lots of that. Yeah, there, there's not <laughs> yeah. a swear. Well, remember, Jim, you know, at this point, that was like equality. If you were just beating the hell out of someone, it didn't matter who they were, that was equality back then. As long as she's got superpowers. Right. Well, these aren't get, civilians, so. <laughs> I gotta say, tips for people writing comics about the future and stuff like that. Leave mm-hmm. out terms, like modern technology terms. Yeah, like big You time. see floppy disk in here and VCR <laughs> well, and like, things like that. Well, this is only like a few years into the 90s. This is not you know, today <laughs> future. Yeah. There's, there's something else. If I, if I see it as I go along, I'll point it out. But like, there's some future speak in here. That I can tell is just like, you know, as scientifically a word thrown together as possible. <laughs> but it does not read. It reads like someone just being like, and then the chlamydia ray went into the zapata- the zapinator. <laughs> chlamydia ray? Well. Yeah. And you're just, you're like, well, those words don't mean anything together. <laughs> but it's good. I love this double page spread. And I know I keep talking about blood in the nostrils, but like. Dude, when he is like on his elbow and that double page spread, and you see all of the like for the listener, it's when he's like kind of like a page in, he's knocked to the ground, right? And like, yeah. it's the first appearance. The thing about Wildstar, like I get the impression is that he's always like near death, like all the time. He's, well, he does oh, seem like it. He always is struggling to like overcome his getting his ass kicked or like constantly, constantly. He's <laughs> constantly. a struggle. Well, I, here's the thing. If you did a drinking game where you drank every time Wildstar has beaded sweat on his forehead, you would die of alcohol poisoning. Yeah, but he's he's a guy from the apocalyptic future, always on the run from these guys that are trying to, like... He's so tired. He's so tired. <laughs> and, and he's an older dude. I think he's in his 50s, at, you know, when we first... Is he? So uh, there's two versions. Like, So this is a time travel story, right? Right, right, right. And the wild star we see now is like I want to say he's like fifty two. It said in the letters page. Oh shit! Okay, that makes sense. And the young kid who he bumps into himself in in his past. Spoilers. Twenty two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. That was pretty obvious. Okay, so um, right. Yeah. Adult adult wild star is always called Michael, and his uh, counterpart is always called Mikey. Mm-hmm. Or Mickey. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. Or Mickey. That's right. He's called Mickey. Is Mickey short for Michael? I, 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 that's weird. I, I think it could be. Yeah, I guess. I guess they did that on purpose to make it ambiguous until it was obvious, like, immediately. But, do I, I can tell you, can I just say that they waited so long to pull the trigger on that? And to me, I guess it, maybe it was hurt by the fact that I knew it from Savage Dragon. Right. But also, too, I could see that shit coming a million miles away. It would be even better yeah. if it wasn't the case or if there was, like, some twist to it. Yeah, it would have been, I, I agree, if there was a fake out. Like, the whole time he was like, oh, you'll see in a moment. Uh, never mind how I know your dad. And then it turns <laughs> out, like, he's completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but oh boy, did they they telegraphed the shit out of that? Like it was no <laughs> it was no surprise at all. Yeah, um, I, I gotta. Go ahead, sorry. No, go continue. I was gonna say I gotta say Raven, I'm with you. Like this opening scene where they're kind of trying to show you how the the symbiotes work, mm-hmm. and he rips that one off the guy's face, and that's where you kind of learn that oh, this is these things on their bodies are like aliens, right? That was seared into my memory like if you told like besides the cover but if you told me like one thing you remember from this series it's that one page where he's ripping the thing off and just the guy's like just face is gone it's just, I, I just gone. that in that gross like fucking slug thing just scurries away and i'll never forget the line he says just because it's been living there for years doesn't mean it's your face and I yeah I was hooked. Like I, I was. I mean, I must not have been hooked enough to finish it. But like, <laughs> it probably I, took a while for it to come out. I don't know. Uh, according to this, it came out by the end of the year. So I mean, it, it took. Gotcha. It took oh, yeah. March right. to December. So it took Pretty a while, good. but not the worst it's ever been. But yeah, just him grabbing that thing and just peeling is, is like peeled it off like a band aid. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great scene and, and 
just, I don't know. It's the visuals, really well the visuals on that dude getting his face ripped off, or the symbiote ripped off his face, is super um, 80s special effects. Like, if you, know you, if you yeah, envision Muckman from Return of the Living Dead, yeah, doesn't he look just like that? Yes. <laughs> so good, Yes, dude. he does. You're right. You're right. Keep the, going, though. The, the, I, I kind of... Uh, there's no sound effect though on the rip, which is kind of weird. <laughs> like the sound effects on other stuff, and then like there's no sound effect on that. There, there should be some kind of like that's some kind of sound. That's effect. for your mind to make. Scorch, <laughs> rapple orch. Um, the the scene where uh, was his name? Dead Star, squit. I'm trying to remember their names are weird. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Dead Star yeah. pulls the squid out of his eye because he's not getting the power he wants. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah he's it. got like symbiote dysfunction syndrome. Yeah, he's yeah. like bossing his little symbiote around. <laughs> he's like, "You're worthless. You never deliver when I need you to." I also feel like I love um, the dude with the round glasses, the hacker. Oh yes, uh, well I think his name is Hotwire. Yes. No, no, like, yeah, I think like you're right. Microchip. So there's Jumpstart is the starfish crotch, and then Hotwire is glasses, the nerd. And uh, I gotta say that uh, I feel like comics in that era loved round rim glasses, <laughs> little Harry Potter glasses. Yeah, they fucking loved them, dude. That's how you know you're These... smart? <laughs> exactly. But what a dweeb haircut, dude! What a hacker. Yeah, of course he's good. It's the apocalypse. Jeez, <laughs> oh, jumpstart! Oh, no. So the whole the whole the whole reason this fight is happening is that Michael is trying to find this time travel device so that he can go back in time and stop this from happening. So it's a very Terminator esque yeah. uh, situation scenario. Um, oh baby, but, you aren't but, kidding. But there's also a, a ghost uh, mixed in with all of this, <laughs> right? Uh, who he doesn't know, who just turns up just before he activates the time travel device. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, yep. she says her name is Skylark, so we do know that pretty much immediately. And that right. uh, basically, she t- tells him that he's been like repeating himself, that he's been basically been caught in a time loop, right? And she's trying to break the loop, or at least she's trying to find a way for him to break the loop. Yeah, because he has deja vu when he sees her. He says, right. "I know you from somewhere." Uh, so then he there's acti- also aliens, and, and they mention them at this point. Still, yet this far in the beginning, he's like. Oh, you're a legend of the Kyoans. <laughs> the Kyoans told me about the real one. Those 90s aliens always had, like, apostrophes in weird places. Yeah, like fantasy. Like, written like fantasy, you know? Yeah. That's oh, how you yeah. knew it was from unearthly. An unearthly yeah. or an exotic name. This is really hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. Kyoans. The human mouth isn't capable of saying it. Mm. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Skylark shows up, and then he blows the device, which is a time machine. And uh, But they, it transports, they, like, the entire, like, lo- location right. to the past, and, so they all go with him. Which is cause, which they explain later. It's kind of which a cool kinda, thing. It's kind of like how uh, Dark World and, and Savage Dragon kind of, like, Swat, switch, switch places. places. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Said that they don't travel through time. Instead, it just swaps locations. Right. So it's... Yeah, it's not really time travel. Well, it travel mm-hmm. it's swap. It's time travel, but it's swapping locations, right? Right, right, right. Yep. And it's funny, Jim. You mentioned Terminator. I just want to draw attention to like um, somebody do a quick Google search while I'm talking. But uh, for when Terminator One came out, right, or even Terminator Two. But my God, dude, the Terminator vibe is. It's big time in this. Terminator came out in like 92. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, well, Terminator, Terminator, two. Terminator 1 came out in like 80 something. Terminator 2, yeah, two. came out in 92. Well, so they even mentioned. Oh, 91, James. even earlier. Oh. He even mentions James Cameron. In, in, they they mentioned James Cameron. The name yeah. of the place is called Skytech. Yeah. <laughs> when they talk about Judgment Day, it's called Sky Zero. Yeah. Well, they even say it's Judgment Day. Yeah, I'm just saying it is the Terminator. A little heavy-handed. The Terminator vibes are everywhere in this, dude. Um, 
will draw attention to cute Easter eggs, such as a Superman mug on his dad's desk. Well, yeah, oh, we're inter- oh, after yeah. the time travel happens, we're introduced to Mikey and his dad. <laughs> At Skytech Labs. Skytech Labs, yep. They are researching yeah. something. It's a bit vague. Uh, but uh, his dad's been talking to another researcher named Doug who disappears because apparently they were at ground zero for the uh, the location swap. So I and guess they... Which was another lab. Which that lab, right. I guess, got dumped into a doomed future. So that's got to suck. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, Doug's fucked. He just... You know, Doug's looking around. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Holy spit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then an earthquake happens, but it's not an earthquake. And I guess that's when the transference happens. Right. The transference of stuff. Yeah, so they're like, "Hey, let's let's get out there. Let's go see what's going on there." And we got a bunch of sci- uh, scientists talking to each other. The military's concerned, and so they all go to investigate the location. And they take did, Mikey with them. <laughs> that's the that's the contrivance of all this. Why is Mikey with these people? Dude, there's I, some contrivances. Yeah, first of all, why is his dad cool with it? Because it's kind of probably dangerous. Two, yeah. it's government work. Iffy, iffy, iffy circumstances. But Mikey's there, and of course, I like Mikey, how they get. Hmm? I like how they get suited up in their little astronaut suits. But Mikey still's got to wear his ball cap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it, dude. Got got to have that style under the dome shell. Uh, but if, of course, uh, oh yeah. Um, sorry. Um, Wildstar, he uh, he's pretty much knocked out, but he manages to get himself awake, and so he goes to. Uh, finish off one of the other uh, mercenaries by ripping uh, Symbiote off his back and another... That's cool. That one got a proper sound effect. Yeah, scrish. I love how the Symbiotes are all different. Yeah, you know, me too. That's all, it's not all like just stars or something, which it easily could have been. You know, they're all different and they're all really grotesque, kind of. That's it's, an it's awesome really gross. touch. Yeah, that's an awesome they're gross. Touch. Clearly, they bind you pretty, pretty severely. I think when they removed like you die. Thing. Yeah. Well, I would say that at least the the damage they would cause because you lose your po- you lose your powers, and you do all that tissue damage. I'm sure it's not good. Oh, it seems it, like every single one's died that's had them removed so far. Like it, they they bond pretty well with you, and I don't think you can survive after they're taken off. We do find out later that if uh, Wildstar removes his, he turns to dust. So maybe it's a condition. <laughs> So of course, so of course, Mikey finds Michael, as right. you do, mm-hmm. and uh, they get to talking, get to meeting with each other, and Michael has to has to go off and re- to recover because he knows these uh, mercenaries are right on his ass, and of course, Mikey's there and he's familiar, and so he's got to take him with him. And the issue ends with all the mercenaries arriving to meet all the scientists, and. It's, to be, to be continued. Any it's a good issue? Yeah, I yeah. mean, introduction-wise, I mean, the the opening's a lot more intense. It, it's got a really good opening. The yeah, inter- introductions opening. are all pretty good. Um, it slows down when you hit the labs. Yeah, oh, big time, dude! Just, big time. Just like bah. the pacing on this, you nailed it. Like one of the most like memorable, like gut punch openings ever, like him fighting those dudes and ripping that face off and all that. The minute that they start like with the normal, like modern times, people boring. (laughs) It's not good. I did not like those parts. No, but it's kind of necessary. I don't know. I there I think there's a lot of traps in in this first series 1 through 4 that kind of go like that where the good parts are really good. Right. The boring parts are really boring. Like yeah. There's, yep. You know, that's the one weakness. I will we'll tell you that as we go on. Yeah, as we go on for sure there's a specific scene I'll I'll be sure to talk about but like um it's just moments where characters would talk about stuff. I hate when people overuse the phrase show don't tell right right yeah because i think that you can tell people things and not show and it'd be fine there's one problem if you just have if you have a choice between yeah i'll just say if you have a choice between two people sitting in a truck talking about awesome things right or showing the awesome things 
just show the awesome things and just have the people in the truck's words be represented in narration boxes. Like, yeah. It, at least give us something cool to look at. Like, right. I don't want to see two dudes sitting in a truck if you're talking about alien invasions and wars and stuff. Draw the war. Draw the alien invasion. But at any rate, yeah, it's cool. This first issue, I still loved it. Um, I think it's cool because, uh, like, Ordway and Gordon both get to do... You know how Image guys get to talk about their... Uh, all those early Image books, they were like, oh, you know, Spawn... Spawn was my favorite character since I was a teenager, and I just knew one day I'd have to make Spawn. Or Eric was like, you know, oh, I made Savage Dragon when I was a kid, and I knew one day I'd make... Well, like, Al Gordon and Jerry Ordway kind of, sort of, give their little wild star like introduction of each other in this first issue like so it's kind of cool like i like that you know everybody was doing that in their early image books and they do it here too yeah so yeah it's pretty dope pretty dope i'm into it can we talk about some of the house ads in this yes we got some house ads we got more entertainment this month if you want to get all your uh 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 shaman's tears and uh (laughs) trencher back issues (laughs) <laughs> uh, we got an ad for Blood Strike in April of 93. Feel the blood. Feel the blood. Um, Fraga. And uh, Malibu does it again. Protectors. Uh, they sure do. Yeah. There's something that, that stood the test of time. Um, what we got here? More a Stormwatch house ad. In 1993, you have a chance to get in on all the classified action with the release of Stormwatch. <laughs> and then Rob Layfield's Lobo, I mean Blood Wolf. <laughs> Blood Wolf is here. <laughs> Coming soon. Not really. It'll be a four-page story, an image, darker image. Really? And that's all you're going to get, and you're going to like it. Is that but, true? Uh, Blood Wolf never had its own comic, I don't believe, unless it was much, much later on. Yeah. But they did come out with Darker Image, which was like a... I think it was kind of like Marvel Comics Presents where it was just like four different stories where it was like Jim Lee's take on a Frank Miller story with that uh, what was the one he did that was all black and white with the commando oh, I, I know, know the one you mean I yeah know. I know the guy you're Casting, talking about kind of Sin City type mm-hmm. and then Max was in it I think that was the first appearance of Max and Blood Wolf maybe and maybe there was one other I can't remember Blood Wolf was, I remember that story because I had that. But yeah, he was like delivering a bomb and the, the it was bomb total blew Lobo up. would just <laughs> yeah. Blood Wolf. That's Super all it duper. Was. Yep, 100%. And we got an ad for Dinosaurs for Hire number three, the first Malibu comic crossover <laughs> between the Dinosaurs for Hire and X Mutants. You know what's crazy about both of those properties? They both mm. got video games. Dinosaurs on the, for Hire? Yeah. On the Genesis. Yeah, you're right. Holy what was shit. what other one got a video? X Mutants. You're right. Where's X Mutants? Uh, well, the, the, the there's an ad for this that. This ad is talking about the crossover between uh, oh, Dinosaur yeah. Fire and X Mutants. They must have had some kind of deal. They must have. We want to know a weird, an incredibly weird coincidence. Um, for Dinosaurs for Hire, you had uh, Eek the Cat had a little side cartoon, Terrible Thunder Lizards. I love Terrible Thunder Lizards. Yeah, Terrible Thunder Lizards are almost blow for blow. The same characters as Dinosaurs for Hire. Really? That's funny. Look at them. Google it. I will. They're they're virtually the same. It's crazy. Hey, um, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just saying the timing. Like, they even came out and showed up at about the same time. Yeah, I don't know who ripped off who there, but it's really weird. Anyway, keep going. uh, From Wikipedia, Darker Image was an American comic published by Image. The series is intended as a four-issue miniseries. Serving as an introduction to three grim and gritty characters. The series, however, only had one published issue. Imagine that. Yeah. Was the Ma- Max was eight pages, Blood Wolf was nine pages, and Death Blow, which was Jim Lee's character. I think Death Blow went on to have like its own series. Yeah, of course, it the did. Max did. Yep. I don't think Blood Wolf ever did unless it was... Oh, me? oh it did. 95, there was a number one that came out. It looks you like said there was only four. one issue of Darker Image? Yeah. Well, that explains that because I keep finding copies of Darker Image number one, but never anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I had that. Um, and I, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, it looks like Blood Wolf 1 through 4 came out in 95, so two years later. Striking while that fires were hot. 
You know, I mean, we're clowning it, but like uh, the one issue thing. But it's so funny because like there's been a ton of McFarlane interviews because of Spawn 301, of course. Uh, and he was talking about when those guys. He was like, he was like, oh, you know, we had such a bad reputation for coming out, but like he said, you do one issue. He said, and you'd hand the guy that did it a quarter of a million dollar check. He said, and of course he wouldn't like produce a second issue. He'd take off and <laughs> go to the beach. He's like, you, I'm rich, bitch. Yeah, he'd be in the Bahamas. He, he said he was 21 and had a quarter of a million dollars. They're like, yeah, it was really hard to keep guys producing. He said that was yeah. the problem. And so it's so funny because when you think it's like, oh, darker image, oh, you dummies. But think, they probably got a quarter of a million dollars for that. And then, yeah, yeah, fuck it. Who needs number two? We're done. So I don't know. It. I think about that all the time, that quarter of a million dollars for an issue one. It, it's better we make artists starve now. They yeah. finish what they start. Keep, <laughs> keeps them working. <laughs> so, wild star number two. Beautiful. Beautiful. So this is you, all the same creative team, so we won't go over that again. New Malibu Oat logo, though. No longer the yeah. McDonald's M. And yeah, now it's the micro M within an M. Uh, but we get kind of an interesting thing. When I opened up this issue, I thought I missed something, because it went into this cold open with Wild uh, Star fighting this big green cyborg dude. Zombie Hulk. Zombie yeah. Hulk, and he's in a fist fight. There's tanks and planes. Yeah, it's abrupt. Lenny, Lenny Bruce is not afraid. <laughs> well, it's a good count how many not nine pages with no text, no sound all. effects either. Nope. It, it is a. I almost thought this entire issue was going to be like a silent issue, and I was going to go what? And I'm I'm going to just pull back the curtain and reveal. I mean, I'm I didn't have these issues yet. Of course, I do want to go back and get them now, but like. I was reading these on readcomiconline.to. Ooh, and plug the Scanlation yeah, site. Good job, yeah, Raven. Enjoy. <laughs> no, you can edit that out if you want. Whatever, I don't care. I'll tell the world. It's only a Google like, search away. Yeah, Google it, nerds. But like, um, the <laughs> freecomics.com. <laughs> Freecomics.exe. But like, um, the funny thing is, that I thought that they had like had a bad file or something. I was like, what the hell? I was like, I just kept like going through. I was like, did they like leave the words out? Um, getting back to this intro, though, again, like some of that sweet, sweet ultra violence, dude, that would have hooked me as a kid. Like his fucking guts hanging out. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah, yeah. And he gets, he gets sucked into a air intake on a, on a spaceship, but not before he rips his uh, symbiote off and chucks it to, uh, to Mikey, I believe. But that's a wicked scene. Like, he's getting sucked into there. He's getting sucked into that. And, like, the little symbiote, even the symbiote is trying to grip on. Yeah. <laughs> it gets, yeah. Oh, it's so good, dude. This is Oh, cool. w- one thing I was a little bummed out about, and this is from someone that's got the hard copy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm better than you. Yeah. <sighs> uh, it goes from, like, the, the normal kind of old school comic paper, which I really kind of like, yeah. to the glossy. Yeah, and, yeah. I know glossy was all the rage, but I was kind of bummed out that it was glossy. I kind of like, I like the the regular paper. I don't know how you felt about that, but I'm just a prick. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's the colors look better on gloss. Probably. I just like the old paper. I was I forgot that it. I, I didn't remember it switching to glossy, and I was like, eh. I don't know. Your colors do pop better on gloss, which is probably why they... Remember, the at this time, the coloring was the huge... It was like a quantum leap. Like, right. the glossy paper and coloring. Like, the production values in all of comics went up because of image. And uh, I know that now, it's funny, like, you know, a lot of people yearn for, like, the more traditional paper. But, oh, buddy, back then, like... Make no mistake. Get that out of my face. Yeah, the glossy was the shit. That was the way to go, you know? And in a lot of ways, the coloring here is a lot more traditional, too, uh, than some image books were doing. Yeah. Did you guys notice on the cover of issue two, the the character, the freeze character, or whatever her name is? Yep. The little, like, effect of her, like, freezing thing is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about the cover at all. It's an action pose. And, yeah, she's in the background. She's got, like, a pixelated... Uh, Freezy thing. Bat kind of a gun. Effect. 
I just call it freezy thing. Yeah. It's like a baton. She's got a cool look. I think, like, of the villains, like, she's, her, her look is awesome. Yeah. Just saying. The other guys look like 1980s action figures. Yeah. Like G.I. Joe. They look like 1980s G.I. Joes, basically. Dude, thank me. you. Very G.I. Joe. Well, the Wildstar, Wildstar is going to be the next big thing. He's cartoons and toys and... <laughs> That's how you got to think. Listen, even if Man, it never comes why to, did that not happen? If, if Even if it doesn't come to fruition, you got to think that way. Me and Jim were at a convention, and a guy was just really selling the shit out of his comic, an indie guy. And after we left, Jim says, Man... That guy's talking about his comic like it was the next big thing, and then he sort of you paused. And then he, yeah, and then he sort of paused and said, "Well, I guess you gotta though." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, man, you, you can't. There's no room to be humble. It's time to sell, you know." And Al wasn't Al was it Al Gordon or Jerry Ordway that was at that? Uh, you know what? They probably convention. I don't think Al Gordon was there. Ordway definitely was there. Ordway was because okay. Jim complimented him and he looked up. Yeah, we were walking by. There was a huge line, so I wasn't going to bother getting in line. And I said, "That's that's Jerry Ordway, one of the best best there ever was." And he just looked up. Oh at yeah, me. I remember you saying that. You could see the <laughs> twinkle in his eye. He's like, "All right." Jim helped him go another thirty minutes. And then you guys never asked him about Wildstar, <laughs> even though well, we knew the that year there was a fin cast well, coming up. The year before, I got him to sign my issue number one because I'm cool. Wildstar? Like yeah, my Wildstar number one. I got him to sign it. Cool. What did he say at the time? Do you remember? Uh, he said, well, actually, you know what? I'm not going to put words in his mouth because I can't remember what he said. He was somewhat impressed that I brought him a copy of Wildstar, I believe. You know, I would say that as a, like, somebody as a creator, if you were doing, if you were to, you know, bring those guys stuff and be like, oh, I'm a huge fan of your original character you created, it's going to mean more to him than, oh, I loved your Superman. Yeah. You know what would mean a lot probably to him? If you approached him and said, hey, I'm doing a podcast on your comic, can you give me a little input or talk about some of the history behind it? That would probably totally impress him. What well, a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He had a I long line. I didn't want to bother him. I'm polite like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to money. bother him from all the guys who are bringing fucking <laughs> trunks full of DC comics from the sign. Oh, screw them. I will say, taking it back to the topic, that I love these Silent Nine pages. I think they're beautiful. Fucking yes, beautiful. Yeah, they are beautifully good. drawn. G-E-W-D good. Yeah, beautiful visuals, dude. That zombie Hulk, the action of him running, like, you know, and jumping over that laser and getting Mickey out of the way. Like, the pose on him running is so good. Like, Yeah, dude. Fucking he beats a. a giant zombie thing. He destroys a tank he crushes a or break goes flying through a flying saucer he gets you know mutilated all that in like nine pages there's just a lot to look at oh it's fucking awesome for sure and again kind of like the last issue we talked about like just a fucking hold on to your fucking seat you know yeah opening and then we're in a truck <laughs> yeah yep i can't just go back one minute just just you know, for the listener and stuff, yeah. if you have this issue, like flip through it. Just look at the sequence of him getting like. There's like a good three pages of him getting pulled into like the jet engine of the flying saucer, mm-hmm. and it's so intense. Like, it's just a lot of panels, and just you could see like the speed lines, and he, you know, just the struggle, and then yeah. ripping. Like as he's getting pulled into that engine, he's also trying to rip the symbiote off his chest. I'm assuming to like pass it on to Mickey. Yeah, because he's doomed. Yeah, he's he yeah. knows he's fucked, and so he's gonna get it to Mickey. But it's such a cool scene. Like you just you got to sit there and just kind of stare at it for like give it a good minute or thirty seconds and just look at each panel. It, it's just it's just really well done. But then, like you said, all of a sudden, <laughs> well, it's it's not so much that he wakes up from a dream. It's, this is more of a a memory. Of one of his doom time, one of his doom time loops, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because again, he's got the whole weird future thing going on. Yeah, because he's been he's been doing this a few times. It's just it's uh, this time he's hoping to, there's hope that he might break the cycle. But basically, uh, he's gotten Mickey to drive him out to the middle of nowhere so that he can uh, recover 
by basically meditating while looking at the sun. But there's this really cool scene where he takes off his uh, membrane, his quote-unquote, his costume. Mm-hmm. It's really gross. Uh, <laughs> where he rips yeah. his mask off and looks into this and... and... Yeah. It's pretty cool how, like, the costume kind of disintegrates off of him, and then you see he's got, like, a metal leg yep. where his leg was yeah. amputated. Right. But then it's really creepy how he's standing there naked, and he just looks back at Mickey and smiles, but <laughs> naked. It's it creepy. It's like, He's uh. like, oh, why are you smiling? But cover up. Like what you see? Well, you will. <laughs> You will one day. You inherit all of this someday. <laughs> Everything the light touches <laughs> yeah. is yours. So Mikey, of course, freaks out at this and takes off. But he, before he even gets very far, he runs into uh, Hot Hold Wire. On. Wait, can we just pump the brakes? <laughs> this right. this scene, I'm so sorry. I know like we're keeping very much, we're keeping time in mind. But this is the scene where they're talking about the aliens in the truck. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, He's like, you sound like a Jimmy Cameron movie, and it's just like I was just like, oh please, no! All this like talking <laughs> in a truck, so yeah, huge speed. But anyway, I'm sorry, keep going. It is kind of a real kind of bummer, though that that scene. It's just too too long. It's fine. I you know I feel like a dummy. Like looking at this now, it's actually better paced than when I was reading it. You get nine pages of ball kicking action, and they're only in that truck for a few minutes, and then he's ripping the suit off and meditating in the sun. I mean, it's pretty well paced actually, but it's hard when you're reading it, buddy. <laughs> when you're I realize Mickey's got a Shazam, uh, Shazam hat on, or Captain Marvel. Oh yeah, he's got that thunderbolt, yep. don't he? Yep. You see that bolt later too in the series. Uh, we'll say when we get there. But then the villains, they're sort of hanging out with the general and Mickey's dad yeah, at Skytech. They're, they're, like, trying to either, like, they're trying to, like, manipulate the situation to get at Michael. So mm-hmm. they're, like, sort of kind of co- uh, cooperating. And then there's a, this mysterious package that turns up, which uh, will turn out to be important later. Uh, mm-hmm. gets mailed to Mickey's dad, but he doesn't open it, of course. Um, just a lot of tension. The military and the... And the mercenaries, they get... Well, it, Mickey shows up, right? And yeah, Mickey oh, right, shows he up, returns. Realize, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they realize he's... Uh, Who he is. Young Wildstar. And then the guy's symbiote doesn't want to work on him again. Yeah, which is funny, because, man, Jumpstart immediately Jumpstart. starts, uh, you know, getting attracted to young Mickey. <laughs> like, upon, it's funny, because it feels like... This is the scene. It was kind of hard for me. Like, the villains all seem to have a weird relationship with Mickey or Mike or even Wildstar. Like, when they're talking to him, they're kind of like, you know, a little bit more friendly than just villains. Yeah, like, I get the impression, like, they work together. Yeah. I think think they've just been fighting so long that it's almost camaraderie now. They're, they're, they're not they're enemies but they're like they're so familiar with each other that they're almost friends yeah because they like they seem weirded out like when he kills uh when he kills that first dude by ripping his face off they're like oh my god wild star what and like but he's just killing the shit out of them but they're kind of like whoa calm down dude no dude what the <laughs> there is a little bit that you learn in the next series which comes out in 95 yeah i'm gonna blow it here but so there is more Okay. There is a connection that between them. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, except for the dude with the helmet that like slaps around as a little eye symbiote. Yep. He is Dead definitely Star. out for blood. Yeah, Dead Star is out for fucking blood for sure. So and then Wildstar shows up and he's ready to kick some fucking ass. <laughs> You see more of the different symbiote powers, which is pretty cool. I like that. How they all kind of do different things. Trans has a great power. Like, that is a cool power where he can, like, swap places with people. Oh, is that what his power does? Oh, that is what his power does. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what does he do? He swaps places. He swaps yeah, he sw- places. He swaps physical. Uh, yeah, like transfer. Transfer. Like he swaps gotcha. Yeah, he swaps, but he kind of swaps places with people. <laughs> so, like in the scene sure. here, where Wildstar is grabbing him, basically mm-hmm. he swaps positions so that Wildstar like skips forward a few feet so that he's in range of uh, the other guy. 
Bingo. Uh, yeah. Yep. Just promptly knees the other guy in the balls. <laughs> right. And what's great is that's not the last time you like see him Like an anti-hero. That. What kind of real hero would do that? <laughs> he must be an anti-hero. But great action, dude. Look at the way he's like tossing that dude that he just needing the balls back. Dude, we, we get no sound effect for when he ripped the symbiote off the guy's face, but then we get sound effects in this issue for kneeing the guy in the balls as a thwonk. And a plamo. And tossing the guy. <laughs> plamo. <laughs> plamo is not good sound effects. It's just not. I will, I will say also, too, if you're a modern reader going back, um, the series is occasionally hammy as shit. Like when she frees when freeze woman grabs him on the shoulder and says, "I guess you'd rather have the cold shoulder," and literally is freezing his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and then she <laughs> says, "Iglet, put put a lid on it, chalk face." Iglet, you rude, Wait, skin tight son of a! I'm gonna te- have to teach you some manners. Right. Oh, dang he, it! <laughs> seriously, he elbows her in the face and. The word that comes out of our mouth is E-B-G-L-T. I think it's supposed to be like... Like she's biting her tongue or something. What sound you make when your teeth clack together. Yeah, it's a little bit a little bit of a, a cheesiness to the dialogue, but I, I liked it. Like, you gotta kind of like... Like I said, these are, these are some old school type creators. They're... Yeah, you and you gotta kind of like it warms up to you like first time you're, but like it's everything dude. has a little bit of a weird like back off bimboid. <laughs> yeah, but then then he freezes the she freezes the guy's face in accident, and he goes, "Watch it, free zone, you dumb bitch." D M M B Z S H. It's like yeah, I know what he's saying there. You're not tricking me, comics code. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. Mazer well, gets his head frozen, which is pretty cool. Mazer, yeah. yeah. Mazer is the most laser. GI Joe. Yeah, he shoots beams from his face. It's very strange. Uh, it's. I think it's like a psychic telekinetic, like kind of a blast thing. Yeah. Because you see him later throw Wildstar into a wall with his powers. Okay, so it's like a reflector or a, like a yeah telekinetic type of thing. Yeah. This is like Wildstar fighting. Cobra La in the Dreadnoughts. <laughs> dude, <Law>. yes. <laughs> yes, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Jumpstart is was not as good as a Transformers movie. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Transformers? No, the G.I. Joe movie is not as good as the Transformers uh, movies. movie. Wait, hold on. For weird sound effects? Nothing. And I mean nothing in this world <laughs> tops the sound effect on page uh, page number 25 Five. on the top of page what the fuck is going on Spid-foof. with the sound effect it, yeah it's spidlymph no, you, you can't you can't you, you're, you're enunciating too much it's spidlymph spidlymph what it's the sound of like, someone going really fast and hitting why somebody why can't it be why does it have to be like that? Because it's the sound <laughs> of like bad. meat slapping meat. It's foom. <laughs> I know what the sound of meat slapping meat. You guys are killing me. <laughs> meat slapping meat. <laughs> How am I not supposed to go there? Retro Fincast episode two. Meat slapping meat. <laughs> meat slapping meat. The the Fincast the podcast that slaps meat. It's the sound of meat slapping meat. Spadloof. <laughs> Spadloof. <laughs> oh, man. We got wacky. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's good. Like, it's a, this whole thing is good. Um, it's good action. And then Wildstar sort of flies away. We had a very classic right. Superman pose. Yeah, very much. That, that's that's a whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow cover. Pose, yeah. If, New well, blue. Craig gets it. No, I get it too, dude. Superman. Oh. <laughs> that was Alan Moore's last thing. All right, I wasn't sure. You were so you're so uh, not a DC oh, guy. Stuck on meat slapping meat, dude. That's all it is. Got, got gotcha. <laughs> so apparently they've had enough time between issues to get some letters, which is neat. But uh, yeah. the big thing is that next issue. Frickin' Savage Dragons on that cover. Oh. The whole reason we're here. 
Oh, mustachioed. Man. Yes, the elusive mustachioed Savage Dragon. You want to see something funny though, like for the for the listeners out there, if you have the the, the comic in hand mm-hmm. and you're looking at the letters page and you look at the last page of the letters, look at the cover on that. There's no mustachio. Nope. Yeah. I guess they saw like the cover of uh Savage Dragon ongoing number one. I was like, ooh, gotta throw that in. Quick mustache. I'm Which, on it, boss. I kinda wish they didn't put it in. Ah I mean <laughs> it it's a, it's a, it's a bad mustache, but you know what? It's like the one comic that takes place between the mini the one actually, you know what? I think the Shadowhawk crossover well uh, guest appearance appeared between the uh, series is two, so I don't know. I just think for continuity wise, it's fun to have the mustache because it takes place before issue number one, right? Of the of the ongoing, uh, we get a we get a image info page. It tells us all the cool stuff coming out of Image Comics, like Shaman actually some sh- Shaman Tears number one in nineteen sixty three number two. That's a great series. I'm tra- I'm trying to track down the issues. They're just they're get dude. They're super fun. Yeah, it, it, it's it was one of the first like before even Big Bang. It was like one of the first like throwback sort of comics, yeah. like trying to emulate like a particular time period of Marvel, uh, gold uh, Silver Age sort of thing. Yeah, it definitely was one of the first like intentional stabs at retro. Yeah. Yeah, dude. They had like the Fantastic Four type guys. The mm-hmm. Thor guy was basically like Egyptian. I got this right. The guy with the like he had a awesome. meteor for a head. Yeah, that was okay. like the Fantastic Four type. Yep. Sticking out in my mind very well. Um, I never read it, but I know that I, I've got three of the five issues. Apparently the two issues I don't have are hard to find. Hmm. Uh, Which two are they? I can't remember. I think I need number oh. actually I think I need number like two and number four. Or no, I need. I can't remember two, four, and five. Maybe I can't. My favorite one was the Egyptian one. That was like Thor. Do you have that one? That was a great issue. I'm not sure which issues I actually have. It's kind of a Thor knockoff. The coolest thing is it's like Big Bang. It made you feel like it was something that was like ongoing. Yeah, yeah. Fake letters pages and stuff. Anyway, yeah, more loves doing that fake letters page, fake ad stuff. Uh, Trencher number one, which we get a big back a house ad for. Yeah, Keith, I like Keith that. Giffen going full out. This is a very. Is, I got. I, I have all the trencher issues. I really need to read them. They're very cool looking. They are cool as hell. Looking. I always was a big oh, yeah. fan of Keith Giffen. Amazing visuals. Spawn Eleven, written by Frank Miller. Yep. <laughs> uh, Stormwatch. Phantom Force Number One, much. which apparently was. Uh, that was Jack. Kirby. Yeah, it was like one of the only image issues Jack Kirby ever wrote. Penciled and plotted. Well, I think it was a lot of his old pages, and they like, like a lot of the image partners inked them. Now, okay. Amazing timing on you guys saying that. It was funny. Here's a little nugget that came off of Twitter. Uh, Eric was talking about that, and he said that they cut Jack the biggest check that he ever got in his career. And Phantom Force. Yeah, for that work. And then he said, uh, not that work, but like his work with Image. And yeah. Eric said that he inked over Jack's pencils, and then when he erased it, he said he realized that he he said to, he's erasing Jack's pencils. <laughs> right, Ooh. right. He was like, he was like, to my horror, I you know I realized as I was erasing it, as like well, I actually, was the monster. Yeah, <laughs> I'm erasing Jack Kirby's <laughs> pencils on this. So it's just funny timing, like us doing this. Like I saw that the other day. I was like, oh, that's a hilarious, like interesting story. Yeah. We also get a video game ad for Sunsoft's Firepower 2000. Dude, for... you did miss one. Youngblood Strike File 1 was by Jay Lee. Yeah. Which had, like, that crazy... What's the guy with the skull on his face from Youngblood? Is that Death... No, not Deathblow. What am I saying? Chapel. 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 Yeah. And Jay Lee was just like, I'm going to take this guy and make him look fucking horrifying with, like, <laughs> sharp teeth and shit. It was cool as hell looking. Ch- I remember that. That is like, because wow. originally... Like, badass. Well, originally he had makeup, just a skull makeup on his face. Right. And then Spawn burned his face until he looked, he was a skull face. Really? Yeah, that's that what that's weird. what Jay Lee is, because uh, Chapel was the one who killed Al Simmons, originally. Huh. Yeah. And then get... Does, uh, does mention here there's also a Die Hard versus Super Patriot. Yeah. Uh, which I believe is the lead into the mini, uh, Super Patriot mini. 
Yes. Or at least uh, part of it. Those heady early image days where things were crossing over like crazy. Buy some Wildstar t-shirts. Only fourteen ninety five. What was this video game you were talking about? Oh yeah, the Super Nintendo. Yeah, one? yeah. If I, it's it's horrible. Yeah, it doesn't look great. I'm pretty sure it wasn't good at all. Sunsoft was a legend in the eight bit days. They blew it in the nineties. Like, but it looks like kind of like nineteen forty two in the. It, it, it's a top down shooter for sure. I think I think the gimmick is there's a tank and and a helicopter. So different levels, you have different like vehicles. I don't know. I've actually maybe, never maybe played you can it. Play two players. So, so, so this is a two player game, yes. Well, I'm saying maybe one guy could be a tank and one guy could be the helicopter. Ooh, that'd be fun. Maybe it is a good game. Sunsoft is always <laughs> Sunsoft is weird. Sunsoft made decent games, but they were best known for their soundtracks. Oh yeah, uh, they were they were great at making chiptune music for the. Super- uh, they don't say which magazine. They just say a leading video game magazine calls it <laughs> the mother of all combat combat carts this is no game for SNES sissies Ugh, harsh <laughs> but they don't tell you oh alright better go buy this a source you can trust a leading magazine I'm pretty sure Nintendo Power wouldn't use the word sissies I feel like everyone was back then it doesn't, it doesn't have the stigma that it has now and uh, on the back page you actually get an ad for the Super Nintendo Advantage controller which is like a arcade stick for the Super Nintendo uh, play all your mm. all your Street Fighter two uh, in an authentic way. Weird. Yeah, it's fun to have like video game ads in comic books, especially image books. Yeah. What a what a time what a time it what must have been to be alive. Remember <laughs> all the the Turbo Graphic sixteens? Oh, I loved comics. I love Turbo Graphic sixteen. <laughs> Bonk adventure. Bonk everywhere, dude. Oh no! Why did I bring it up? We're gonna go down the hole. No, we don't have time to go. Yeah, down we don't the got hole. time. We gotta, we gotta wrap this up. We're gonna wrap it up. We're done with this. Phase, so that was Wild Star issues number one and number two. We'll be back again for our next uh, episode of Savage Retro, Savage Fincast Retro, where we're gonna cover uh, Wild Star three and four to conclude the series. Uh, and of course, we're also gonna see a certain green finned man who we're all familiar with. Yeah. And wacky hijinks ensue. Some some hijinks. Wacky or otherwise. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs>